Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Today is, what day is it today? I think it's a Tuesday. No, it's a Wednesday. Today is Wednesday the 8th, the second podcast of the year for the Mental Mastery Alliance. Today we have kind of a remarkable guest. And I say remarkable because uh, I'm personally biased. Uh, this guy, is, he's, he's rocked quite a bunch of shit, to be honest. Um, you know, multiple lives, the multiple lives of my next guest. Uh, we'll get into a few of them. Absolutely remarkable. Um, we have an individual who's spent time in prison, who spent time you know, conniving, who spent time working with individuals, who spent time essentially trying to cross any sort of hustle that would work, uh, only to find out that uh, truth, honesty, and integrity is, is what carries the day. Um, I have a fond, fond respect for this man. I've, I've watched him grow um, on the sidelines. We've never actually, this is the first time he and I have properly connected. We've spoken a few times in the past and we've, we've shared some, some information back and forth, but this is going to be just as much fun for you guys as it is for me because I get to talk to today um, Mr. Zach Babcock from the Underdog Empowerment Movement. Zachary Babcock, how are you today? Yo, bro, dude, like you said, man, this is really cool because we, like, we had that conversation back and forth, maybe a little voice message through Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. Like this is the first time we've actually been able to have a real conversation. So it's really cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, for sure. And and for this is obviously the audio podcast, ladies. We are face-to-face. -face, so this is a lot of fun for Zach and I. Um, <laughs> uh, we both got pretty good beards. I think his is a little bit better than mine, though. Only because I don't have a six-pack yet. Wait for, the, wait for that six-pack in there. It'll be a tough day for you to shave that off. Make sure you get a couple pictures of just the goatee once it all goes, you know? Yeah, that would be pretty pretty gnarly. Oh, yeah, you got to shave it in stages and take pictures just for fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, there's so much I do want to talk about. Um, I mean, a little bit of background. Uh, guys, actually, I'm going to skip the background entirely. This conversation is just going to be free-flowing, and, and you guys are going to love it. Um, and the more you're going to want to uh, obviously check him out on his show, uh, but we'll get to that later. What was now you spent a little bit of time in prison a little bit by a little bit. I mean, uh, roughly five years, I think, right? Yep. Okay. And everybody that has these preconceived notions, this idea of sort of what it is, what it is in there. Do you think after spending time there that it is, what everybody thinks it is, or is it an entirely different entity altogether being inside? Both. Um, so it is what it, everybody thinks it is, but everybody thinks of it in extremes. It's mm -hmm. not as extreme as, as um, you know, like there is, I mean, rape and stuff does happen in prison, uh, all that shit, but highly unlikely, uh, especially at the camp that I was at. So I was at a medium level security Mm -hmm. uh, you got high level, medium level, lower level. Um, so there wasn't really raping going on where I was at. Uh, but you know, there's fights, gangs, stuff like that. And it's definitely a completely different culture than anything I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of both. 
that's kind of crazy. Uh, uh, first of all, that you jump straight to rape, but, <laughs> but I mean, that, that is, that is a prison, prison culture. I mean, we, you know, the mentality is it's gangland, it's, it's violence, it's rape, it's stabbing, it's shivs, it's things made out of toothbrushes wheeled, wielded down, um, you know, and, and you look at this and you think it's mass media, mass media population, mass media control, you know, and, and it's definitely a, a fear mechanism. Um, a lot of that stuff. Now, I would only assume, you know, obviously when you're in there, when you're in the thick of it, you were coming out of a life that was, that had put you there. So your mentality was that of that, you know, stance in that point. When you were in there, you, you were in there because of the person you were. Do you know, and can you pinpoint at what point you became or you got a glimpse of the person you were to become or are becoming? Yeah, dude. And so I made plenty, well, I continue to make plenty of mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. That's uh, right. <laughs> but um, I went, I ended up going back to my old ways after this happened. But this moment though, was what I like to say is when I became a real man. Uh, and I say that, so it's kind of a longer story. So I'm going to really, really condense it and we can unpack more, you know, if you want, but I don't want to sit here and, you know, talk. Well, the whole time. Also, also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Zach is on a, a podcast tour, so he's going all over. So we've only got him for, I think 40 minutes tops today. Um, but I'm sure he'll be back on the show and we can certainly unpack more, but yeah, by all means, give us the Coles notes. Uh, just, just enough for people to be like, Hey, I can moderately relate and I can see where he's coming from. Cool. Yeah. So I was in the hole. I was two years into my prison stay. Uh, 21 years old at the time with the whole, and that mentality of, uh, fuck the world, fuck the police. You know, I'm a, I'm a convict. Like that was my identity at that time. Right. right? Um, and I'm in the hole, which is a prison inside of the prison could walk three steps, one way, three steps, the next tiny little cell jam packed with your bunk, toilet sink, cold, dark, dirty, depressing, very little to no human interaction. It's not a great place down there for a tattoo violation for two months. I get called back to the captain's office. I'm thinking somebody told on me or they're trying to get me to tell on somebody else. I'm like, fuck that. I don't have nothing to say. Uh, well, he, he ends up telling me, he said, yeah, your, your mother called us. Uh, she informed us your sister. She had to break into the bathroom with a screwdriver and find your sister dead on the floor with a needle in her arm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, brutal, right? The last thing I was expecting. Um, so, you know, can't even explain word, words what I felt. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, my vision blacked out, came back bolt of adrenaline burst through me and then tears started flooding out. They gave me a 30 second phone call, man. We're bawling each other. Me and my mom are bawling our eyes out, talking to each other, telling each other we love each other. Then the phone hangs up. Well, here's the lesson. Here's where it, um, what why I say I became a man. Uh, they put me back in a cell and I asked to be put in a cell by myself because I, I didn't want to have be in there with my cellmate. I just wanted to some time alone. Next three days, didn't get out of out of the bed to eat. I only used the restroom. That's it. I sat there and cried the whole time. Thought about all the mean things I ever said and did to my sister, the goodbye. I never get to tell her just going fucking crazy right in there by myself. Um, but on that third day I woke up dude. And I was like, man, I don't, I, I don't know what the reason is for why I'm still alive, but there's obviously a reason cause I'm still breathing. What can I do in this moment to find happiness and peace? And it was that question asking the right question that got me to focus for the right answers because anytime we hear a question it literally dictates what we focus on right and we search for that answer like if i say adam what's what's the color of your shoes everybody just thought about what the color of your shoes are including you and me you know what i mean so it's like uh i asked the right question it got me to focus on the right things and long story short i developed this crazy routine that empowered me and if you think ocd is crazy you don't have shit on what i'm talking about 
but like dominating my space, literally hand scrubbing the entire cell, floors, walls, toilets, all that with it, with rags, like working out at the same time every single day, this literally every second of the day was doing the same things over and over. I found a peace of mind in a really, really dark time. And I felt like I became a man at that point in my life. It was weird. That's a remarkable uh, turning point and pivot and, you know, um, scenario that brought you, that brought you there. I mean, everybody, uh, the funny thing, and one of the things that I preach too is like everybody uh, has to be somewhere. So we are where we are, uh, which will be uh, the point of, you know, our maximum impact, our maximum understanding and comprehension. Um, I listen to you and, and, you know, uh, when you say I was in prison, uh, when this happens, not only were you in prison, but you were in the prison's prison when this happens. Right. And everybody's got to be somewhere for it to happen and for it to, to hold impact. Um, and we have these preconceived notions in our mind that, you know, we're supposed to be something. We're supposed to do something. We're supposed to be of this age. We're supposed to have these things and supposed to do these things. Uh, nobody really questions where that mentality came from, why we are that way, why it is, why, why inside our heads it is that way. And why we also believe that other people believe the same thing that we believe. Mm. And, you know, when you talk about uh, setting a routine and setting a goal and cleaning everything, you know, that is, that's, that's, it's, it runs current with uh, so many other stories similar, you know, when you create a pattern and a routine for yourself and um, accountability, essentially, you know, you start sort of focusing in on, on what is important and what isn't important. And the reality is, you know, on top of all of this, you had mentioned, you know, I was a thug, I was a prison. I was in that. This is who I was. This is who I associated with. Um, that's an extreme, obviously it's, it's your truth, uh, but it's an extreme for most of my listeners. Um, but they are currently associating with and, and stuck in their mental association. I'm, uh, I'm an accountant. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a floor layer. I'm, you know, I'm a shoe polisher. I'm also wondering what color Adam's shoes are. So <laughs> there's all these things that, you know, we associate with, with and as ourselves to be, and we think I'll never get past that. I'll never be more than this. I'll never do anything um, until you start because people often also forget that it took them something to get to where they are. So for you to say, I'm a convict, this is who I am. You know, it's not like you just dropped out of AP science and went and started criming it up. You know, <laughs> it, it was like one step, two steps, three steps. And it was you being self-preservant. It was you taking the knowledge and information that you had at the time and creating an individual that you thought you needed to be at the time. Um, and that individual turned into this individual. So obviously we're skipping a ton of stuff, but that noise really threw me off. Um, uh, was that you? Or was that me? What's happening? Anyway, um, yeah, they're blowing the leaves right outside uh, oh, my man. office. <laughs> they uh, so so the person that you were and all the crap that you went through has led you to be the individual that has now helped so many people. Has has now helped a ton of people with a message because now you have a message. Now you had something to share. Now you had these experiences that were rock star experiences that is really loud it's fantastic to all of my listeners i apologize for that and i'm not even going to take it out of the podcast so that's it it's all for you <laughs> i just muted uh, it <laughs> <laughs> so so you know you are right now an amazing version of yourself and you're also in the process of becoming who you're becoming and at the end of that process we all die so there's I mean, we all come we all leave this this game in a pine box and that's the end of it um 
one of the worst things that humanity, in my opinion, one of the worst things that humanity has is the belief that a quote unquote, a leopard can't change its spots. Um, we were raised to believe this. We're raised to accuse other people of it. We're raised to say, you can't, you'll never change. Nobody, people never change. People are who they are. No, no, no. And when you say people are who they are, you are also grouping yourself into that and you're limiting yourself by believing that. Um, and, and the idea behind you can't change who you are, a leopard never changes its spots. The whole reason we exist on this planet is to change and overcome and become. And one of the things that I pressure and post as well a lot about is your worst, the worst version of yourself, the worst things that's ever happened to you, the worst positions you've ever been in your life have probably been nine out of 10 times the biggest catapult into getting you to the next stage. It's been the, the, it's been the, the best movement. I don't know if you've got anything to say about that, but your worst drawback has been your biggest propeller. Is there, do you, can you associate or relate to that? Oh my God. That's like my, what my whole message is about. <laughs> it's the whole reason I did the underdog empowerment. Uh, everything, dude. It, it, anytime I've had any major breakthrough in my life, it's always came right after the worst of the worst, right? Mm -hmm. um, just like with like the same story I told, told you about when I was in that hole and found out my sister died from a heroin overdose and I'm trapped in there beside myself. And then I felt at the res end result, literally that part of time in my life was like the most peaceful that I've ever been in my life, the most peace of mind that I've ever had in, in my life. And I'm sitting in prison, man. <laughs> We're at a place where you shouldn't have peace of mind, right? Um, not only with that, bro, like right before I broke through finally after four years, four and a half years of from the day I got out of prison, trying to figure out how to, how to run a, a successful business and feed my family, do the things that I want to do in life, eating shit for over four and a half years, not making any money. It got to the point where our water was shut off or we were backed up on all bills, credit shit, four kids to feed. It was rough. And I went and invested. I, I, put myself in even worse situation in order to take that step forward by going and getting a title loan on my Chrysler Aspen just so I can join a mastermind to learn how to craft offers online and sell shit. And everybody's like, dude, you're fucking crazy. You're stupid. That'll never work. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it probably looks that way like at the beginning, but eight months later it ended up producing a six figure business as a result of being at the lowest of lows. So even in your business life, you hit rock bottom. You took the last possible loan you could possibly make. You sunk your last two pennies into a piece of knowledge that turned it all around. And the most amazing thing about that, it sounds to me, is it took you four years to get down to everything and to, and to really extend all of your resources. Um, that's one of the things. That's one of the things that you know it really does take. And there are so many people that don't that don't quite grab that. They're like, oh, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, sometimes there are recording issues. I had a small thing I had to take care of. Uh, and now I get to learn how to cut and splice because I messed up. And hold on a second here. The guy's knocking on my door. Hold on. Recording again. Okay, this is funny again. Uh, you guys are all going to either get this or you won't get this. I'm either going to leave it in or leave it out. <laughs> the editing is going to be crazy for me. I'm going to learn a lot today. But the amount of noise going on at Zach's, the amount of noise going on at mine in this interview, we're going to do it again at some other time. We'll do a part two where it's congruent, an hour. Everybody gets everything good to go. But as it stands for now, I, I lost a little bit of topic uh, from where I was. But I was talking about, I think, like you had mentioned earlier, a leopard not changing its spots. And, and the whole purpose of humanity is to grow and to become and to change and to alter. So my, I guess my, another question to you then would be, 
since you've found, since you've gone from just trying everything and flip-flopping and making mistakes and getting caught and all this sort of stuff to building and growing and trying and, and, and putting your last dollar down on something. And at this point going from, I have no faith in myself. I'm a complete, I'm a convict. That's who I am to putting your last dollar down on something saying, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I do believe in this. I, I do, I do gravitate towards this success. Can you, can you, quickly walk through the mentality of I'm a convict. That's who I am to my last dollar is going to this because this will succeed. Can you sum that up from your experience? Yeah, absolutely. So it started day one and it just got stronger and reinforced and stronger and stronger over time. But it started day one when I, when I woke up in prison, learning that I was missing out on the birth of my twin sons because I was going to go back to prison. I was woke up in jail. And that was the pain that changed everything. I said, I'm fucking done. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to get back home, be a responsible father, happy and successful. Didn't even know what none of that looked like at the time. Uh, but I, and I didn't know how I was going to make it happen or even when I was coming home, but I had my reasons why I was going to do it in the first place. And I literally said, I don't give a fuck what it takes. I'm committing to this. I'm not just interested. I'm committing to this uh, because it was too painful to go the other route. And so that's what the shift was. That's what started. Then it got reinforced over the years, over time, by continuing to commit to that and moving in that direction. I got home, but guess what? Couldn't get a job. So I ended up becoming an entrepreneur, falling into that and loved it, And but I didn't have success right out of the gate, but I loved what it's all about. And I just kept on moving in that direction, committing to that, and it reinforced it over time. And so there's been, I don't know how many times, I, I can't tell you how many times where I'm like, where I have doubts, where, you know, where it's like, and fuck, is this, is this ever going to work? You know, am I, am I going to be able to make it? But the commitment that I made to it and the full, like, I don't care, but dude, I'm either going to make it or I'm going to die trying. That's what broke through those obstacles. And that's, that's remarkable too. I mean, in and of itself, because so many people are trying to do something or pushing somewhere and they're holding on to uh, their growth. They're holding on to their growth pattern. Um, with again, with an older mentality, with a, uh, a mentality of where they came from, a scarcity mentality, you know, um, it's, it's hard to achieve. It, it's, I would say it's almost impossible to achieve what you want to achieve while holding on to too much while holding on to this, you know, uh, I got to save this. I got to do this. I, you know, I want to play it safe. The whole playing it safe thing is a funny thing. It's, you know, you have this connection to the stuff and the things and the, you know, I can't, you know, I can't run out of money. I've got none nah, of nah, nah, these, all this stuff. Right we have these mentalities, we have these beliefs in us that, that hold us back. And I mean, it's, it's great listening to this story because you're sitting in a spot where you have overcome everything. And when I say overcome everything, I mean everything up until this moment in time, up until this exact podcast right now, you've overcome all of it to create this person. And this person is, by all definitions, from who he was working towards, a success. Now, what people think about success and failure is that it's one or the other. People don't realize that success or failure is, well, numerous times you will cross through failures on your way to success. It's not success or failure. It's failure, 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 success, Tuesday morning, and you keep going. So 
success isn't even a final destination. It's also just a pit stop. What do you think right now, if you were to say, you know, I am successful, I have achieved everything that three, four years ago, me set out to achieve. Yeah, bro. When, when you, when you look at that, where are you with all those achievements? How excited are you to face your new goals? Yeah. Great question. Really, really great question. And so you're right. I mean, I, I went out and did every single thing that they said I couldn't do. And that was like a huge source of my motivation uh, and still is. And so first off, let's define what success is because it could be different for different people. How I define success is the end result of a goal that you set for yourself. That doesn't necessarily have to mean a lot of money or cars or whatever, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't mean you're successful. Successful could be, Hey, I just want to have a lot of time with my family and enjoy the small things in life. You know, whatever that goal is for you being able to achieve and obtain that goal. So I had set out a lot of goals that I have achieved and that I'm grateful for. And you notice, you notice like, however, I was something that I still am working on and that I've gotten better at. But uh, like I would achieve something and then it would be like euphoria for all but 15 seconds or so. Like, yeah. And then you're like, okay, what's next? What's next? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And I don't know. I just, I, I had that a lot and I've really tried to start taking, like I take time to actually celebrate the wins, even though you can't worry about the past or even the future to be real. All we have is right now, this moment yep. uh, to, to be completely honest. Um, but to be present in that moment and be a, uh, appreciate that and i'm not trying to get all woo woo and rah rah or whatnot but uh so so that that's how i define success now how to keep it going though is what i do is i set the standard my own standards higher and higher and set the bar higher um because i know me personally and i i truly believe everybody does but well i don't want to say everybody i feel like everybody can get to the point where they move they they perform better with a little bit more pressure on them, with a little bit more where they're, where you hold, where you hold the standard high enough to where it's not completely out of reach where they're like, Oh, I'll never get it, but it's still high enough to make them reach. You know what I mean? And, and that's, what's been the case for me. If it's, and if it's just like somewhere where I know I can get it, but I got to work for it, I, I tend to perform better. If it's like too easy for me, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, meh, you know what I mean? But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, no, I agree with that. And, and so many people need a fire. They need to literally be set on fire for massive change. Like when we're talking about massive change, you need massive pain for the most part, you yep. know, to, to, to create this, um, a small amount of pain, a desire, you know, oh, I've got hunger pains. I'm hungry. I'm going to, you know, eat a Snickers. I'm, I'm not myself when I'm hungry. You know, <laughs> it's, it's easy to achieve that goal. Right. But to say, uh, I want to earn this and, in the beginning, we all want to earn something. I think in the end or, or t- much more towards the middle slash middle end, um, we no longer want to earn something. We want to create something. And we Amen. Wanna, yes. You know, and, and that, that the huge shift to that going from, I need to earn this. Jim Rome said it best. He said, don't ask who you're, uh, what you're getting, ask who you're becoming. And, and when you, when you go from like, what am I getting? How much am I earning? What am I going to do to what am I creating? Who am I helping? Um, that, that's, that's a big one as well. And that one can only come from achieving the monetary goals, the goals that you think you're supposed to have. Everything that they tell you to have, a wife, a house, a kids, a car, uh, 
all that stuff. Once you've achieved it all, you're like, I'm still not happy. This isn't, this isn't what it's supposed to be. Like what else, what else is there? Um, and purpose, purpose driven anything. I think that is, you know, that's a massive one to get into. So, you know, true happiness and true results come from creating instead of attempting to earn. 100%. Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. <clears throat> so I'm with you 100%. And my, my, my personal trainer said something that kind of shifted my perspective and the way I look at it and I approach it a little bit differently now. But before that, my whole thing was, man, you know, doing good for someone versus making someone happy are two completely different things. You know, like if you gave a kid candy every single day, you would make that kid happy. But would that necessarily be good for that kid? Probably not, especially if you're doing it all the time. They get overweight, they get diabetes or they die from it. You know, whatever that could happen as a result from them eating candy all the time. They wouldn't be doing good for that kid. So it's two different things. So my philosophy from that w was always, man, I'm going to say and do the tough things. I'm going to be all up in front of people, all up in people's face and, and shake their patterns, like break through by saying like that piercing words or whatnot. And that was like my philosophy for like the longest time because I truly felt that I was doing good because I cared about improving the, the quality of life of another human being, right? That was the goal. That was, the, that was my definition of success for that particular thing. However, oh, go ahead. Your marketing is aggressive though. Are you saying that there was a shift from that? Yeah, so I'm still aggressive, but w one thing my trainer said that got me to, to really think about it, he was like, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I'm with you, bro. And I respond to that 110%. And I'm, I'm all about not enabling people for not giving it their all and letting them make excuses or taking a victim stance. He said, but, and I'm all about doing whatever it is you got to do to help that person become a better person. He said, but think about this. What happens if you say that aggressive stuff to someone that has such low self-confidence, such low self-esteem that what you say gets them to feel so bad about themselves that they go and off themselves afterwards. He said, then are you achieving your goal of trying to do good for someone? And I'm like, fuck, dude, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of right. I don't, I don't, I, I, can I counter your coach, your, your personal trainer? Yeah. Um, your marketing material is to the core. Uh, your marketing material is clearly you sitting behind the keyboard, cracking it out. Uh, you don't have a team of writers. You're putting your passion into it. Some of it's aggressive. Some of it, some of it in, in 2019, everybody became a fucking snowflake in 2019, but uh, some of your stuff is hilarious. Like you calling people fatties. And when was the last time you heard somebody say fatty, fatty, fat, fat? And I think you used that in one of your things at one point. I just laughed. I'm like, you know, as an overweight guy who knew full well, he should be at the goddamn gym. I am at the gym now full time, but you know, this is a couple of years ago or last year or whatever. And, and, and I read that and I'm like, he's, he's fucking right. You know, and you know, you're just putting out there your truth and your honesty. And I'll tell you this, your connectivity. So when you are doing your one-on-ones and when you are working with people, and when you are creating what you're creating, your actual, your, your true essence of, of what you're doing, um, you're connecting with your audience. I think if somebody's so weak that they read your shit and they go off themselves, I don't think any of those people are reading your stuff because anyone that would read your shit uh, and be even moderately offended or, or of weak will in any way, shape or form would not give you a second chance. And I think I would, I would have to say that you might be doing yourself a disservice by pulling back on your, on your marketing because your shit attracts a crowd that needs to hear your shit. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, and, and your uniqueness in that sense. And I'm not saying, obviously not saying be audibly balls to the wall all the time, but certainly don't, if you think I shouldn't say that, but you first thought I should say that, I think you should more run with it. I mean, and that's, that's a, that's a risky statement to make because, um, our whole lives we've, you know, we've always been told that, you know, uh, you have to risk it. You have to push, you have to do all these things. Right. But also now we live in a community right now where people are being ostracized for tweets they made when they were 20 years old, you know? <laughs> And, and it's like anything anybody says, people are willing to jump down their throats. Um, another reason why you're a breath of fresh air, because you will say and do anything um, to get your point across, to get your message across. And, and there are so many people, there are so many snowflakes out there that, I mean, okay, so I said snowflakes twice, but I live, you know, in my reality, uh, my whole business is making people understand their own inner power. My whole business is just making people understand that every last one of the people that listen to me have the ability to create something amazing and I get hate mail, hate messages, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. I get hate. I, I, I disabled the, the con the comments on my Instagram because it was just all bullshit. You know, all these people that want to spew hate. Um, and I think when your hate is motivational hate, also you come from you in it, even if you like, even some of the harshest things that you've ever said, uh, I've laughed at because it's funny, but it, 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 <laughs> You know, it, it's coming from a place of purity. You're not saying, you know, you fat piece of shit, you know, you're gross. You're saying, get off your fat piece of shit ass, right? And there's a huge difference in that, right? Because I'm not a fat piece of shit, but I am sitting on my fat piece of shit ass, right? Like, you know, to, to audibly change those words around a little bit, uh, and I'm not saying you've used those words specifically, but I'm just saying that in context. Uh, look at this, 2019, I'm defending the words I'm saying. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. You know, pay attention to what I'm saying, you know? But it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think anyone should take away from who they are because the people you're supposed to help will find you. And the people that you're not supposed to help will not find you. And no matter what you say, no matter what anyone says, whether it's good or bad, there's always going to be some asshole out there that wants to run their mouths and chirp. And I remember being that asshole. I remember being a kid, a sarcastic little punk bitch. And I remember... <laughs> I remember running my mouth to so many people about so many things. It's a wonder I didn't get punched in the face more often. Like, <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So I come from the, the understanding of both. Uh, and I think of all the people out there that are pushing something. And I also know this, we are at a point in time where everything's changing. So the guys that you and I looked up to, you know, the Brennan Burchards, the, the, the Tony Robbins, the, the, I don't want to say Oprah Winfrey, but she's, you know, in that category, all of these elite coaches and all these sort of things and all these people that were, uh, an influence are going away and our generation is replacing them five, 10 years from now, you and I could be, you know, in totally different places and we'll probably high five each other. And we'll probably pass each other business back and forth simply because we all kind of came up together, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's an interesting thing because there is no, there's no more divide. There's no more they're on TV. They're in the movies. I'm selling shoes. You know, there's no more divide. Every, it, the more people understand, the more this world keeps moving forward, the more people understand that, Fucking politics is all a movie. Everything you see on TV is a movie. Everything that's happening is a descriptive text. It's a, it's a, it's a show. It's all a big show. And anyone can reach out to anybody and talk to anybody. You can virtually connect with anyone if you're persistent enough. And again, on that note, that's one of the things you do. You've had some super high-end people on your show, right? Simply because you said, you know what? I'm going to reach out to them, right? <laughs> you're a shining example of, I just wanted to talk to you. So now I am. Granted, yeah. I, granted I oversimplified it. There are hoops to jump through, but... You did it. You, you went from fucking sitting in the prison's prison to interviewing Grant Cardone, you know? And then we think to ourselves, 
well, who the fuck is Grant Cardone anyway? You know, he's just a guy. Exactly. He's just a guy that did it. So, so now you have this, once you start making these connections and once you start powering through this, you say to yourself, Oh shit, you know, all these barriers that I had put in my own damn way were mental and unnecessary. And I went on a bit of a rant there. This is supposed to be your interview. So I'm sorry, but I'm super stoked. No, I loved it, dude. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) me and this guy think like a lot alike. (laughs) No, it's good. It's, it's good. I don't know how much time you've got left. I know you've got to jump onto your next show soon, but dude, we're uh, good. I got 15 more minutes before I got to go. Good. Good. You know, I, what was that? Okay. So here's a fun one. I think I already know the answer to this one, but it's just me projecting. When you landed your first quote unquote, big time guest, you know, what was, what was that like for you as a, as a, an achievement? What was that like inside your head? Bro, it was crazy. So I, I started the podcast because I heard a story that uh, this, and it was, um, and, and it's funny because I don't even like click funnels anymore just because they gross me out. The, the, the funnel hacker community, I just think it, it's a bunch of people like circle jerking each other and a lot of them are not making money and they're like trying to, yeah, they're doing, they're about everything that I stand against, against as far as my core values and principles are. Mm-hmm. But anyways, at the time I was learning marketing and I had Russell Brunson's course, uh, the, uh, funnel hacks masterclass. And one of the modules in there, he was telling the story of one of his clients about this guy, how, uh, anytime he tried to do anything with anybody, uh, nobody wanted anything to do with him. And, uh, it was just really hard. And then he launched his podcast and he was able to build really solid connections and everybody wanted to do business with him afterwards. I'm like, Man, that dude just described my story to the T. Here I am. This is three and a half years after I got out of prison. Anytime I tried to collaborate with anybody, nobody took me seriously. I was just the ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And I was fucking pissed, man. I was like, dude, I get it. People judge people. That's literally impossible not to. People say, oh, I don't judge people. Yeah, you do, dude. Everybody judges people. As soon as you lay eyes on somebody, you judge them. It's literally impossible not to immediately form an opinion of anything that you come in contact. It's basic survival instincts of how we're hardwired. But to hold on to those snap judgments is another thing. But that's another another rabbit hole we could be going on later. Whole but, uh, other podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so I wasn't going to let those judgments, though, keep me in that box, dude. And I was like, dude. You know, I'm, I was out of that pain and frustration that I decided to launch, launch the Underdog Empowerment Podcast for selfish reasons first and foremost, because you got to fill up your own cup before you fill up any other cups, and then also to help other underdog entrepreneurs. And so I did that, ranked it on the third day, and then a week later, we had Billy Jean's marketing on the show. So I literally went from nobody giving me a chance any time of the day and then the next week we had Billy Jean's marketing on the podcast. And this has been crazy ever since. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is like the perfect networking tool to get in there with high level people that you can rub elbows with. And when you like another Jim Rohn quote, since you brought him up earlier, uh, great. You are the five, you are the result of the five people that you hang up, surround yourself with the most. So yeah. if you're constantly leveling up your network, what's going to happen? You're going to, you're going to level up. And it's exactly what happened, man. It was crazy. Yeah, you're you're friends with one of uh, one of my favorite marketing guys too, Ryan Stuman. He's a uh, he's a blast <laughs> to watch. I remember you were talking about ClickFunnels. I you said something and I chirped in on one of the comments. And one of the ClickFunnels Circle Jerker guys, he started ripping into me. And uh, when I watched this, there was a time in my mentality where I used to love Facebook. Like I would poke at people and I would get under their skin and I would do all these things and just have a laugh at it. Um, but now I I 
I don't take offense to anything that's said to me. I watch people project. And it's fun to see a lot of the yes, people. Yes, projecting. That's all that they're doing, bro. Yeah. They, these, these people are saying, you know, so you're saying this and you're saying that. I mean, we had, uh, oh, geez, what's his name? The, uh, the, the professor from Toronto, University of Toronto did that interview. Uh, and, and all she kept saying, the British interview, all she kept saying was, so what you're saying is, so what you're saying is, and, and I can't remember his name, like Jim Peterson? Peterson? Jordan Peterson. Jordan, Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Jordan Peterson. He's, he wrote he's the amazing. Book. 12, 12 laws of human, something or other. 12 laws of our 12 rules of life. Yeah. Okay. So Jordan Peterson, um, and I'm in Toronto. I should have been at that thing anyway, but he, you remember he did that interview where the lady was like, so what you're saying is, and they, he was trying to like, he just, he just roasted her and all she kept <laughs> doing was implying what he, what he's like, I'm not saying that at all. I don't understand. And, and it's funny to watch these people for the most part, the people on Facebook, the people, especially through click funnels, they defend this thing. Like it's some weird culty thing. Um, and I'm like, bro, you're, you're legitimately putting words in my mouth. I didn't say any of that. I don't know Russell Brunson. I don't know any of this is my comment and it's all right here. You, know, <laughs> you guys have to relax a little bit. Um, and it's, it's a funny thing too, because you know, like you said, when you elevate your game, when you step your game up, you've got, you know, you, uh, you, you're elevating your, your, your sphere of influence and you're going to elevate yourself in the process. When you start seeing, you know, certain patterns forming with regards to how people are communicating. Uh, it's an interesting way to sort of step back and say, how, why would I have ever been offended by this? Why would I have ever taken offense to this? Why would I have ever returned uh, verbal dialect on here in an offensive term or as being offended, like on the defensive? It took me forever to get there. On the defensive. Why would I ever be on the defensive if what I said is true and accurate, right? Um, it is funny to see the people on the defensive. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I think I'm making noises over here. I'm the one that's going crazy. Um, but yeah, so I mean, all of this stuff. And, and again, I, I'm going to want to talk to you. When, you do, when, when you're done your tour, you know, definitely we'll get back together at some point when you've got a little bit of free time and we'll dive into you know, uh, what it's like to, to, to be able to connect with all these people, what it's like to be able to push and motivate and promote all these people, what it's like to be able to sort of benefit yourself not financially but spiritually and physically from from going from being proud of yourself like at the end of the night you rest your head and you say everything i did today i did with integrity and i'm so proud of who i've become versus who i was and i mean i can i can moderately relate to the individual that was in prison with you like i see a mentality and a thought process that went into that and the person that he was the person that it, it took you an entire lifetime to build up to that man and then you deconstructed him entirely and reconstructed who I'm talking to right now. And this man is going on to greatness. So it must be, what, can, you, can you speak a little bit about what the feeling is between who you were and, and who you are right now when you go to bed? Yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's a great feeling. Obviously, you know, I, I, I always make mistakes. I make mistakes, multiple mistakes every single day still. You know, and it, nobody's perfect. And what I love most about it is that is that now I'm not afraid to talk about my dark side, my dark thoughts, emotions, and desires because I have them. I, there's fucking days where I want to punch people in the throat because they look at me the wrong way. You know, I'm a human being. It's impossible not to feel these ways sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and what what it comes down to is, okay, we all have that. It's the people that pretend that they're positive all the time are the ones that you really can't trust because they're the ones that are more likely to do some really deceptive shit. Mm 
Um, when you can incorporate your dark side because you ha everybody has it, because it's impossible not to be angry, it's impossible not to be sad and feel all these different emotions that we feel and have all these dark thoughts and desires that we have, when you can incorporate that to the rest of the personality, that's when you can prevent it from actually actualizing itself. And so what I mean by that, like anytime I went on the football field playing a kid, when I went on the football field, I went into my dark side. I was literally trying to knock the heads off of our opponent. And we came together as a camaraderie, as a brotherhood with a common goal to win a championship. And I learned a lot of discipline and respect by playing that game. And it was a positive thing. And I channeled those dark thoughts and emotions into something positive. You know what I mean? I do it every day in business. Like I get that fired up and I channel that anger and aggression into doing good shit with it. Now I get it because society places these standards that everybody that everybody has to meet that we're all secretly failing to meet because there's no fucking such thing as an ideal human being. All right. And, and if you are sitting here thinking like, oh, I don't do that. Well, check this out. Have you ever stepped on somebody else or cut somebody off to get what you wanted in life? <laughs> if you, if you just said no, you're a motherfucking liar. Look, dude, it happens on the it happens on the micro level every single day. People cut people off on the highway to get where they need to go. They they vie for positions in checkout lanes at the grocery store. It happens on a macro level when countries wage war against other countries to get what they want. Like the shit is real, all right. And I get it. Society, we, it, it would it would be a shitty society if we didn't have these standards. A society that allowed rape and murder and all this other shit. Who would want to live in that? That'd be horrible, right? But at the same day, at the at the same time, man, we learn as as little bitty kids, man. We learn where that fine line is of 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 the society places of where we can't cross, and then we spend the rest of our lives dancing on that line. And when you can, at the end of the day, speak your truths and say the shit that you know will improve the quality of life of another human being, but you're just scared to fucking say it because you're afraid of how it'll be perceived by other people. Because one of our biggest fears is being exiled from the tribe. When you can let that go and stop holding back those punches, knowing that you're doing it for good fucking reasons, using those dark thoughts and emotions, you come from a place of power, man. And uh, that's what I love most about it. Yeah, man. That is, that's huge. That's massive. That's power and integrity, 100%, uh, 100-fold. It's funny, you know, in experiences when people say things to you uh, and they think they're like, oh, well, you're this. And you're like, uh-huh. You know, when, <laughs> when you agree with them and you're like, and what else? You know, right. when, when you take their power away, it's funny in that sense. The power that they hold over you, the power that anyone holds over you is what you allow them to think or what you believe they're thinking type of thing. So there's a saying that, you know, a boat can withstand the weight of the ocean as long as no water gets inside. So you, you, you don't allow water in, you know, you're not supposed to allow this. You're not supposed to allow these things to come into you. Uh, and, and that's where the power lies. And the funny thing is if people want to talk shit to you, if people want to say shit to you, a hundred percent speaks more volumes of their cowardice they will sooner point out your flaws than act on their own or or admit to their own or be anything so it's a funny thing because like i said i used to hate the haters i used to it used to affect me a little bit um when i was trying to be pure and people were shooting hate at me as opposed to when i was trying to be a dick and people were shooting hate at me both were, <laughs> you know it's funny different standards but when we're in a situation that allows us to walk and talk with integrity and own our darkness and own our demons, like you just said, I think that's, that's the ultimate enlightenment. That's the ultimate power. That's what true enlightenment is. When you can, and, and it's not easy to get there. 
But you got these fake monk wannabes that talk about, oh, you got to be positive all the time and they're teaching you suppressing. No, that's not true enlightenment. There's a monster underneath you that's going to, waiting to lash out. But when you can incorporate that into the rest of the personality and truly be at peace with yourself, that's when you start to begin reaching, reaching that enlightenment. Yeah. And, and people will say, kill the ego, kill the ego, make sure the ego is dead. You got to kill the ego. You got to talk with, no, no, no. I 100% disagree with that because the ego is your, is your pit bull. It's your Rottweiler. It's your guard dog. This is what your ego is doing. And it's screwing with you and it's protecting you and it's screwing with you and it's protecting with you. When you can tame your ego when you can get him in check, when you can work hand in hand with your ego, your ego, yourself and your higher self, that's, that's pure enlightenment because now you're running as a, as a complete tandem. Um, and now I know you got to go. So this is, uh, this has been a remarkable podcast. Uh, I don't know when you're going to have time next, but you and I will absolutely stay in touch and we'll absolutely do this again. It will be funny when the edits are all done, but I will certainly tag you in it for sure. <laughs> I can't wait to share it out. <laughs> multiple, multiple click outs, but uh, I'll figure it all out. Um, bro, uh, for our first encounter face to face for this amount of time and, and, and actually having a conversation, I think it was great to get to know you. Likewise, man. I felt the same thing. I can't wait to do this again for real. Perfect. 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 When we're not, when, when you're not on a marketing pitch. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Again, congratulations on all your successes. Um, I would say this is where I would drop them back to you, but honestly guys, Zach Babcock, Zachary J Babcock, find him online, find him anywhere. Uh, underdog empowerment. Uh, he, his podcast is rock stars uh, for sure. Definitely, definitely a lot uh, to work on, to look for uh, inside yourself. He's got tips, pointers, tricks, all kinds of great stuff, great information. Uh, and it's all uh, shot from the hip. Um, thanks again, brother. Man, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, bro. Right on, right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.